We love you, real life. I believe tonight wants to, God wants to set us free from regret. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm grateful that we serve a God who forgets our past completely. Amen? Who's with me? Regret defined is a feeling of being sad, repentant, or disappointed over something that has happened or has been done, especially a loss or a missed opportunity. I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of missed opportunities in my life. Amen? If you've got a lot of regret tonight, I've come to bring some hope to you. Because everyone has regrets, but no one has to live under them because of Jesus. I'm going to say that again because y'all are way too quiet right now. Everybody has regrets, but absolutely none of us have to live under those regrets because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Praise God. Man, I've got some regrets personally. Like, um, there's a, a person that, that I grew up knowing, and, and it was actually my eighth grade going into my ninth grade year. I met this guy. His name was Travis. And Travis was one of the most phenomenal athletes I've ever met. He's by far the best basketball player I have ever competed against. And Travis was the guy who literally taught me how to hoop. He taught me how to shoot. He taught, he taught me how to dribble. It was like I was a young buck with no skill, and he took me under his wing. He was a hoodlum, though. And Travis, man, one of the biggest regrets of my life is I never shared my faith with him. And Travis, about halfway through my high school career, he overdosed on drugs, and he, he put so many drugs into his system. And that drug caused his heart to beat so hard and so fast that literally in an instant, his heart basically exploded in his chest. And I never shared my faith with him. I never shared with him that the love of God could set him free from all of the addiction, from all the coping that he was trying to do. I never did that and I regret it with all my heart. I regret not getting better grades. Can I get a witness? Man, I want to challenge you. Don't follow my example as a high school student. Apply yourself. Because I regret not getting better grades because guess what? I paid for it in college. Man, my college experience was much more expensive because I did not apply myself. So don't do that in real life. I regret this is kind of fun, but it's for real, y'all. I regret spending time with my ex-girlfriend when Jubilee was willing to go on a double date with me before we were officially dating. Oh, my Lord Jesus. If I could ever go back in time, man, I would change that night 100%. I love you, baby. I regret, this is another one, y'all, I'm just telling on myself tonight because I regret leaving Jubilee's senior after prom party that was at her house. I left my love, the one true love of my life, and I left her own party because this guy was jealous that she wasn't paying me enough attention at her own party. And I thought she was flirting with Mondarius, and that wasn't even the case, and I was a fool. Baby girl, I'm so sorry. There's, there's a long list. All of us could get up and go through a long list of regrets. Can, uh, am I being real tonight? And I believe tonight God wants to set us free from that. Man, I, w I was 
in a car driving with my father one time, and, and it was in a very difficult season of my life. And, and it was in that teachable moment, riding in the car with him, he pointed to the rearview mirror of our vehicle. And he said to me, he said these words, and I want to get it right. It's powerful. Listen close. He said, man, Jonathan, you can't get anywhere safely if you're constantly looking back. He's, and, and what do I mean by that real life? You won't get to the future God has for you if you're too focused on your past regrets. What my dad was trying to teach me and what I'm trying to teach you guys tonight is God desires for us to have an abundant life, not a life that's filled with regret. We've got to stop looking back and start looking forward to the future he's got for us. He wants to protect us from creating new regrets. That's what abundant life in John 10.10 means. Man, God wants to protect us. That's why his statutes and his commands are given to us to protect us from creating new regrets. And he wants to set us free from the old ones. He doesn't want us to be constantly looking back ashamed of our past. God wants us to look forward and live for our future real life. Man, tonight in God's word, we're looking at a frightening picture of the ultimate regret. It's in Luke chapter 16, and Jesus tells us this story. It says this. It says, there was a rich man who was, he was dressed in purple. Man, he, he was Gucci. He was dressed in purple and fine linen. He lived in luxury every day. He was prosperous. He lacked for nothing. He enjoyed life to the fullest. At his gate was the exact opposite, a beggar named Lazarus. And Lazarus was covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. And even the dogs came and licked Lazarus's sores. And at the the time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side, which is a version of paradise. And the rich man also died and was buried. And get this, in hell, where he was in torment, the rich man looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. Man, this is an eye-opening revelation, man. This, this story that Jesus is sharing kind of throws us for a loop because the rich man was a baller. Like the rich man had everything. He, he had that fresh fit. He described it. Jesus was trying, man. He was, he was trying to relate with our culture. He lived in luxury every day. He had what he wanted and then some. But when it came time for him to die, the scripture is very clear. He was taken to hell and tormented for the rest of eternity. It's deep. His life and his sad story helps us to understand that our current satisfaction does not ensure our eternal security. Your current satisfaction in life is not going to ensure your future. The life we're living may feel good in the moment, but we may live to regret it if something doesn't change real life. I'm not trying to threaten anyone tonight, but this story helps us see that you can appear to have everything going right in your life. You can look like you have everything put together. You can be the, the next valedictorian of Columbus High School, praise Jesus, and still not make heaven. Student, many times we get blinded to eternity because we're so focused on our success and our status on the here and now. Man, Proverbs says, for, for those who lack vision, 
man, they throw off restraint. That's what Proverbs says. And, and so many of us, we don't have an eternal vision with our life that we just wild out every single day. We cast off restraint. We do what everyone else is doing. Man, all of you have been called to be leaders, but you are following someone to the pit of hell with your lifestyle. Man, you may be celebrated. You may be a popular cheerleader. You may be a record-breaking athlete. You may be the life of the party who even supplies for the parties after football games on the weekend. You might drive a great car and live in a neighborhood on the right side of town. You may have a great dating life. Hey, praise God. You may be rich in the world's eyes, but listen closely. This parable Jesus was sharing helps us to understand that our status does not really matter in the grand scheme of things. But how we treat others does. If and when we die and face the judgment throne of God, we will be held accountable for how we take advantage of this moment right here and right now, real life. Or we'll be held accountable for taking this moment for granted for the person who's checked out and not listening to the voice of God. I pray that you would tune into his voice because he's trying to get your attention. And one day you will be held accountable. This story helps bring us eternal perspective that right now is the only moment we're really guaranteed. Right now, this breath that you are breathing, it's the only breath that you're guaranteed. Proverbs 27 tells us that tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. This means that today could be all we have to change the way we think. Today could be all we have to change the way we live. Today could be all we have to change the way we love God. Your next breath is an opportunity and a gift from God. Being in the presence of God in in an environment like this, able to lift your hands and worship Jesus, is an opportunity and a gift from God. The altar call that is about to take place in just a moment is a gift from God. The rich man was out of opportunities. He was done. How we treat one another is an opportunity given to us by God to do something great or to cause great harm in one another's lives. See, Jesus was telling this parable to help us see our present decisions and actions, they matter. The choices we make can cause great regret real life. We also have to realize that any opportunity has to be seized within the window of opportunity. What does that mean? That means when you're given a chance, man, you apply for a job, and they say, hey, guess what? You're hired. You'll start next week, and you show up a month later. Guess what? You ain't got no job. Can we get real? You ask a girl on a date, and she says, I'll see you Friday, and you call her back the next month and say, hey, you still available? She's going to be saying, um you lost your chance, son, right? The opportunity has to be seized within the window of opportunity. Otherwise, regret sets in. Man, how many have had an opportunity that you didn't take that a few days later you're like, man, I wish I would have done that. Every day, the beggar Lazarus sat at the gate of this rich man's house. Every day, the rich man had opportunity after opportunity but he missed the opportunity to help this beggar. Real life, many times we are the authors of our own regrets and undoing. 
Because every day you've got an opportunity to love the Lord. Every day you've got the opportunity to be kind. Every day you've got a chance to pour your life out for others. Man, every day you've, you're given a chance. Our biggest regrets are birthed from our own mistakes and our own poor choices. Man, the things that I regret the most in my life, I did it to myself. Man, the way we treat others will determine what our tomorrow looks like, real life. How we chase temptations and the things that only bring us temporary pleasure will cause regret to get heavy in our lives. God wants us to succeed and have hope and a future, but many times we ignore God and we ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit, pushing him away and pushing him out of our lives. And I love you enough tonight, real life, to tell you that if that doesn't change, we will regret it. Man, there's going to come a time where, man, it could be your last opportunity to claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It could be your last moment to say, God, I know I'm a sinner and I need your grace. Every day the rich man had this opportunity in front of him with Lazarus, and every day he missed the opportunity. And every day we have that opportunity to love one another. We can be men and women of character. We can be men and women of integrity. We can be men and women who live for what's right and be righteous to the world around us, or we can fall more deeply in love with Jesus. That opportunity is real, and it's here for you today. We can be an example of the love of Jesus to others who don't have what we have, who need the help. Or we can live for ourselves and for our own status and for our own success. And God wants to warn us tonight through this rich man's story that if we're not careful, our future agony will be produced by our present decisions. Man, a future of separation from God, a future of pain and suffering, Man, that could be produced by our present decisions, the, the opportunities and the regrets that get produced by your choices. The rich man was now in hell in the story, and as he looked at Abraham and at Lazarus, in verse 24 it says, So the rich man called out to Father Abraham. He said, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tongue of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all of this, between us and you is a great chasm. It's been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. So the rich man answered, he said, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. Man, he, he was starting to regret. Uh, send, send Lazarus to my family, for I've got five brothers. I've got people in my life that I love, that I want to warn. Let, them, let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. And Abraham replied, They've got Moses. They've got the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And Abraham said to him, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, if they don't take advantage of the opportunity God has given them right now, they will not be convinced, even if someone raises from the dead. Man, I talked about it as we transitioned out of worship. Man, there, there is something that you have to be convinced about. 
you have to choose it for yourself because in this story, man, Abraham was saying, man, even if someone raises from the dead, man, they won't be convinced because if I can convince you into something, someone else can convince you out of it. And so you've got to make a determination in your heart, I'm going to live for God or I'm not. And it's going to be that determination that will give you the freedom from regret or you're going to live in your past failures and in a cycle of pain. This vivid picture of deep regret, man, let it encourage us tonight. Don't wait to rely on the Lord and gain compassion for others until it's too late. And don't wait to trust God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with your whole spirit. Don't wait on that opportunity any longer. Don't wait on the opportunity to have compassion for others until it's too late in real life. If you do, it will eventually become your greatest regret. Please hear me and try to understand this powerful truth. You will never regret living your life for God. You're never going to regret living your life for God and being obedient to his word. Man, you won't regret taking advantage of God-given divine opportunities in your life. Can I tell you and testify tonight, I've never regretted helping people. I have never regretted being there for people who need some help. Man, I, I've, some of y'all, I texted even today. And y'all testify to me, man, what God has done through real life has changed my life. That never gets old, real life. I'm never going to regret that. I'm never going to regret being obedient. I've never lost sleep because I fight to become all God's called me to be. Man, when I do what all I can do to be a man of integrity, when I fight with all that I am, when I pray to God to give me strength, when I rely on his Holy Spirit to avoid the pitfalls and the snares and the temptations, man, I don't lose sleep because God knows I'm doing whatever I can to live for him. And I'll never regret that. Maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, Pastor Jonathan, man, I've, I've not done that. I've not lived for God. I've got a long list of regrets. Tonight, no matter what you have done, no matter what you've chosen not to do, God is giving you and I an opportunity right here and right now to be forgiven and to receive grace. But hear me, if we don't take advantage of the opportunity God gives us in this moment, we may never get it back. If we don't take advantage of the moment that's about to happen in just a second, we may never get another chance to say, God, I trust you with my heart. I trust you with my past. Forgive me. The rich man realized that his problem, man, he, he was in a big, big problem, and it was too late for him. The scripture describes a great chasm that couldn't be crossed, and he wanted to change things when it was too late. He wanted to be set free from the consequences of his life decisions and choices, but his opportunity to repent was gone. He wanted to warn the people in his life that he loved, but he couldn't. And young people, you can never change your past. Man, but your past can be forgiven. You can never change your past, but you still have breath right here and right now. You can never change your past, but you still have an opportunity. I've come to speak hope into somebody's life. You can never change your past, but you can stop living in regret and stop living, start living for your future. You can let the past be the past. 
and don't let it define you. Start being the man or woman God's called you to be. But it's your choice. I know all of us in this room, we've got a lot of regret. All of us have done some things that all of us are ashamed of. And all of us have made some decisions that we're not proud of. If that's you tonight and you're living in regret, I've come to encourage your heart. You don't have to wait to be set free from regret. Come on, somebody ought to be excited about that. You can be set free from regret right here and right now. You don't have to earn God's forgiveness. Jesus did that for you on Calvary's cross. You don't have to earn it. It's a free gift. You have been given this moment by God. You can't change yesterday, but you, you have right now. You don't have to wait to change your reputation in real life. It can change tonight. It doesn't matter what people think. It only matters what God thinks. And he can change your reputation in an instant. You don't have to wait to treat others with kindness. You can start doing it right now, tonight. You don't have to wait until you're out of high school to get your life right with God. He can adopt you, forgive you, and accept you into the family of God right here and right now, real life. He can do that for you. I want to invite everyone to stand to your feet. Leaders, come quick. I want to invite everyone to be reverent of this moment. This is a holy moment. This is a God-given opportunity for everyone in this room. So I'm going to ask that nobody be talking, no one be a distraction. But I want to close tonight with something that the Lord put on my heart. I've, I've given you a very negative experience where a man lived his life for himself and lost the opportunity to live for God. But then the Lord reminded me as I was studying for, for tonight, one of the most encouraging stories in the New Testament of God's forgiveness and of God's release from regret was the Apostle Peter. As Jesus was being beaten, just visualize this for a moment. Jesus was being beaten. Man, they were spitting in his face. They, they were hitting him blindside, which caused the impact to be that much more severe. The scripture describes that he was being so brutally beaten that he was beyond recognition. He was strapped. I know we have human videos where we're constantly doing the little post and people are whipping. Like, that's human videos. Love fine arts. Shout out to fine arts. But he took 39 lashes on his back. One short, one more lash would have killed a normal man. And it's by his stripes he was making us whole. And it was in that scenario, in that time period, where he was being beaten and, and whipped with the lashes, Peter, his apostle, Peter, his disciple, Peter, who had walked with Jesus for years, who had listened to the teachings of Jesus for a long time, very much like a, a real-life student who may be at church on Sundays and Wednesdays and, and heard all the good things that God has done for them and read his word. And maybe you even have a devotional life from time to time, but, but you still find yourself defeated and doing things that you know God never intended you to do, and so your life is full of regret. Peter found himself in the moment where Jesus needed him the most, Peter was denying Jesus. And when people were asking, hey, aren't you the one that was with Jesus? Aren't you one of his disciples? He was like, no, man. No, that, that's not me. You got a wrong guy. Three times, groups of people came to Peter. Aren't you a follower of Jesus? No. So in the moment 
Jesus needed him the most, he turned his back. He did, Peter did what many of us do, and he turned his back on Jesus when things got tough. And I believe with all of my heart that that's one of the biggest regrets of Peter's life. As Jesus was hanging on the cross of Calvary, everyone hear this taking the punishment that Peter and all of us deserved, paying the price for our sins. Peter was denying him, and yet Jesus prayed this simple prayer. He lifted up his voice to God, his Father, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know. They don't understand what they're doing. And in that moment, he was asking God, taking the punishment, saying, forgive Peter, he's turning his back on me. He's doing something he's going to regret. He doesn't even realize what he's doing, and it's causing him to do one of the most awful things in his life that he's going to regret. And in the, tonight in this moment, if you're having a hard time with the regrets of your past, if, you, if you're haunted constantly by the mistakes that you've made, please know that Jesus died on the cross to forgive our regrets. But this is the good news tonight. Jesus rose again to help us get over them. He rose again to help us get over them. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean? His blood and death paid the penalty for his, our sins, for my sins, for your sins. But his resurrection gives us the opportunity and the power to live again despite our past. Men, after the third day took place and Jesus rose from the grave, man, you better believe he walked up to Peter and he said, hey, hey, Peter, do you love me? God, of course I love you, Jesus. No, Peter. Do you love me? Of course, you know I love you. Now, Peter, do you love me? With all of my heart, Jesus, you know I love you. Jesus died for Peter's sin, but he rose again to set him free to say three times, I forgive you. Three times, I forgive you. Three times, I forgive you. And that same forgiving grace that Jesus gave to the disciple who denied him, is the same grace that God is offering you and me tonight in this moment. So I want to invite every heart and every head to bow right now. This is a holy moment for each and every one of us. This proves to us that Jesus is more concerned about your future than he is your past real life. So if you're in this room tonight and you'd say, Pastor, I've got a lot of regret, and that regret, that shame, that guilt, has held me back from living the life that God has called me to live. And I need the saving grace. I need Jesus to walk up to me and say, hey, guess what? Do you love me? I need that forgiveness. I need to be set free from my regret. If that's you tonight, I want you to lift your hand high right now so that we can see all across this room. You need the grace of Jesus to forgive you. Tonight, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to ask our leaders to come to you right now. And what they're going to do, man, there is no shame. in all of us need to be set free. So I'm going to challenge you to come up to this altar with our leaders. They want to pray a prayer of salvation. They want to pray that you be set free from sin and, and guilt and condemnation. If you're not comfortable with coming up, that's okay. 
but they'll pray with you right there in your seat. If anyone else says, I don't want to walk out of this room and miss the opportunity, I may not get another opportunity, and I want to spend eternity in paradise. I don't want to miss heaven. I want the saving grace that Jesus bought for me on Calvary's cross. Just lift your hand and hold it high. We want to pray for you. Thank you, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every young man, for every young woman that has had the boldness and the courage to lift up their hands and say, I'm tired of living in this regret. I'm tired of looking too much on my past, and I'm ready to look towards my future in you. God, I pray that you would give them the strength, give them the courage, give them the hope to live a life for you and not against you, to make a determination in their heart to be set free from their past and to walk in their God-given future. We love you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've got a need and you need prayer, if you want God to set you free tonight, I want you to get to these altars as we begin to worship in Jesus' name.